Hey everyone, welcome to another Devo with Patrick and Jamie. Today we have a chance to check out a really famous passage um, out of the book of Ephesians. And what chapter are we in, Pat? We are in chapter 2 today, and we are going to go through the first 10 verses of chapter 2, Ephesians. There we go, the, f- the first 10 verses of Ephesians. Hey Pat, h- how you doing today? Just check it in, man. Just a little, a little tired, but I'm doing okay. Okay. A little tired, but you're doing okay. That's good. Have you had your coffee? I have had all the coffee today. I had good. two cups this, this morning and I had okay. one cup just now. And I have especially liked how windy it is today. It's, it is windy. It, in fact, today was like windy enough that I felt like I needed to put on a little sweatshirt, uh, which, you know, it's like warm outside, but the wind kind of made it cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's enough with the small talk. We should probably get straight into the scripture now. Yeah, scripture talk. (laughs) There we go. All right, uh, who wants to read it? You want me to read it? You want to read it? Let's ask the other guy. (laughs) Okay, what guy? Just kidding. (laughs) Oh, that guy. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, I never know who you have on these meetings, Pat. It could be just about anyone. It could be anyone. All right, I'll read it. Ephesians 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus." For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The word of the Lord, Pat. Thanks be to God. Hey, so yeah, this is chapter two, and maybe if... Maybe if you've ever read through Ephesians before or even listened to any kind of sermons, at some point there's some phrases in here that that you may be familiar with, that you've heard somewhere. Uh, and so this is actually a fairly famous um, passage. And there's some parts of it that are really famous. In our, in our curriculum that we use um, for confirmation, and some of you who are in high school have gone through the confirmation uh, mentorship. There's a a passage in here, verse eight, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Um, That passage is something that I think we have at least once in that curriculum, but we talk about it multiple times. So this is, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, rich stuff in here. Um, But I think we should probably start at the beginning. What do you think, Pat? Let's start at the top and work our way down. There we go. All right, so the beginning, um, it, it starts with as for you. 
And I just want to, I just want to point this out again. This is like a language thing, but when it says you here, it really means like the Southern y'all. Uh, it's plural, so it's not saying y'all. you like one person. It's saying like, hey, all, all y'all, y'all out there, yeah, all y'alls were and and different different languages and different dialects have different ways of saying that. Um, in English, we don't really have a plural second person. I don't want to get a little too. Uh, to uh, English class for all of you out there, but but we don't. So when we read this, we realize you know Paul is writing this letter to the Ephesians. He's not writing it to an Ephesian; it's to a, a group of people, it's to the churches, and so uh, or to the church. And so he's sending this out. And so when it says, "As for all of you," which might be another way to say to say this, all of you were dead in your transgressions and sin. Yeah. Now that that's an interesting way to uh, open up a topic. Um, like, hey, you were dead. Like the whoa, <laughs> that's like kind of harsh, right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah, and I just also want to say that, like you were saying, it's as for you, meaning the people. It's also directly to us. So it's like uh, yes. this is written straight to us as well. Keeping that in mind as we go through this. That is a great point, Pat. I'm glad you said that because I think sometimes we forget that the Bible uh, is a letter to us, even as individuals, and to us corporately as the church. So right. um, good point, right? So we started with we're dead in our transgressions and sins. Um, both of those words kind of you know mean, mean the same thing, a transgression and a sin. It's kind of like your mistakes. Um, when you think of the word sin or transgression, um, what, what, what other words would you use, or how would you describe that, Pat? Um, mistake, maybe a little bit, uh, I, and I say mistake, just kind of looking ahead a little bit to verse two, it says in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. So living your life, not purely making a lot of mistakes, following your own will, not God's will. That's kind of what, uh, comes to mind a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting to note too, when, when it says, um, you know, kind of the old way of life you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. I think some of us think like, oh yeah, the ways of the world are bad and the world is bad and, um, there's nothing good in the world. Well, in old test or in new Testament, um, scripture, when, when they write this, the, the phrase, the world, um, a lot of times is sort of, um, a, a phrase or an idea that's synonymous with like all the bad stuff that's of this world. And so it's like, there's the stuff of the world that's bad. And then there's the stuff of heaven that's good. And it was kind of like a way of writing, but we have yeah. to remember too, that John three sixteen for God so loved the world. And that, that word, um, is the same word. It's the exact same word in the Greek. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and it's, it's, it's like, kind of like cosmic or cosmos, like the world. It's, it's everything. Yeah. So God loved the world. So we, we shouldn't just think, well, because it's of the world, it's bad. I think what they're saying is if you took all that transgression, that sin, all that bad stuff, uh, they, a lot of times use the word, the world to describe what that is. Yeah. So you might've heard the phrase like worldliness could be like sinfulness. Um, and that's kind of what that's pointing out. And what I, what I comes to mind when I read this is, okay, follow the ways of the world. 
um, the ways that you used to live, I think, okay, maybe that kind of falls in line with worshiping a false idol, following a false God. Um, I, I'm not positive, but I kind of think maybe that's some examples of the way those people were living before they, they received this, uh, crazy letter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And if I think, you know, if we, we probably think about this too, right? Like we kind of know, I think internally, like we, we know when we're doing something that's bad, right? We, we know when we're in sin and transgression, uh, we know if we're kind of following like the world and doing things that, that maybe are worldly and maybe are not in line with what, you know, God would want. We, we kind of know, um, when it says those who are disobedient, we kind of know, like people just seem to have an intuitive sense of right and wrong. And it's rare when you meet people who just don't, they just don't get it. They don't get the right and the wrong. Most people have a pretty good idea of it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think to that, to that, and especially to this, the point that Paul is is making here in Ephesians two, um, what he's saying at the beginning is is all of that doing the wrong thing, it, it leads to death, right? So it starts to be asked for you. You were dead in your transgressions and sins. So mm-hmm. all that stuff, like all of the mistakes, all of the following the wrong things, all the disobedience had you in a state of being dead. Yeah. Um, and we don't necessarily think of death as, um, uh, as, as something that we can experience now, right? Death is something that you experience later. It's not like a current state right. of, of being dead. But Paul's kind of like, yeah, you know, the way he describes it, the adjective he uses is dead. Um, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. So, and Paul even says that in other places, like in the book of Romans for the wages of sin is death. Uh, And so he likes to make these pretty strong arguments that are pretty black and white, right? It's like sin, death, (laughs) Jesus life. Saying it like that kind of makes a lot of sense. I think that the closest we can experience to death in our lives today would be to, uh, shut Christ out of our hearts and out of our lives. And like we talked about in a previous devotional, even if we do that, Christ is still going to be there. Uh, so it's not even a comparable experience, but I think that's probably as close as we could, we could get. And I do not recommend like trying that, um, cause it's impossible anyway. In verse three, especially. And I think this is kind of something that I, I like to, pay attention to verse three says, you know, all of us lived among them at one time, meaning all of us, meaning, you know, all of us in the church, all of us were following the way of the Lord. Like, Hey, we were all there. We were all, we were all in this together, um, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. Um, and I think when you say the cravings of our flesh, you know, you might think like, well, what does my flesh crave? Um, and, and I think what Paul is saying is like, there's something inside of us, even our own humanity that craves to do things that are harmful to ourselves ultimately. Right. Mm. Um, and, and he says, and following its desires and its thoughts. And so if you look at things like the 10 commandments, um, which is just kind of like a good moral standard that God gives out to people, um, 
the cravings of the flesh are to kind of go against those things. And so yeah. like to covet, you know, to want something that's not yours or, or even murder. And Jesus says, you know, well, you know, I, I, I doubt Patrick, you, you want to murder people. I doubt that's I, something that like you struggle with every day. I have never wanted to murder someone. See there, there you go. Right. But Jesus takes that in the sermon on the mountain. He says like, he basically says, Hey, even if you're like mad at someone and you're angry and you just are like, Oh, I wish you were dead. That's like murder. You know, it's like having these like angry thoughts and mm-hmm. against someone. Um, and so you, know, you look at the 10 commandments and you look at all the mistakes that, that, that can be made. And a lot of times our flesh is actually like wanting, desiring to do the wrong thing. Mm. Um, whatever that would be, you know, whether that's like lust or gluttony or, um, gluttony is like, you know, basically when you want to eat too much food and take it all for yourself and right. You know, like there's, (laughs) there's some things that may be a little more easy to see and some that are not. Um, or maybe it's like, you just want to make all the money and keep it for yourself. Maybe that's, you know, kind of where your heart is. Um, but in that, what, what's interesting is, is Paul saying like, Hey, we were all with you in that. We knew what that was like. Um, we were, we were, you know, following the desires and thoughts of the flesh. And then it says this, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. And that line there is very profound. And I'll tell you why it's profound because it's saying by the very nature of who you are in, in in this word, when we look up by nature, it's kind of like, it's not, it's saying that from birth, this is like an innate built in thing that is inside of you uh, that you don't have a choice in. By nature, we are as people deserving of wrath, of God's wrath. Um, and and so in the Reformed kind of faith tradition, there's there's a guy named John Calvin. And, and when people summarize a lot of what John Calvin said, they use this acronym TULIP. And, and the first part of that is what's called total depravity of man. Um, and kind of what that, and that kind of fits in with us a little bit, right? By nature, uh, we were by nature deserving of wrath. And that means that like people are, people generally do, do bad stuff. They're generally deserving of wrath. They haven't done and figured it out on their own. And I think today we kind of distort this and we think, you know, people really are good. People are wonderful. Um, just give people a chance and they'll do the right thing. And and to be honest, like a lot of people will do the right thing. And mm. when God made people, he made people and he said, yeah, you people are really good. But, you know, sin entered into that equation. And so we're born, kind of like Paul is saying here, we're born by our very nature deserving of wrath. We're born in this in this way. We're born kind of with, uh, with sin sort of uh, happening through us even. And so we're kind of born into this problem and it, it kind of seems a little sad, you know, like <laughs> that doesn't, that isn't good news. Right. Um, right. In fact, it kind of brings down this argument. You're like, Oh, like, I don't know how excited I am about that. I'm born into sin. Does that make you excited, Pat? Knowing you're born into sin? No, no, that's uh <laughs> discouraging. I thought yeah. that it was going to be, you know, I I was I would have hoped like oh I was born into uh, pure pureness, not sin. So it's kind of a, a bummer. And think about it when you think of a little bitty baby, 
Um, you know, people aren't like mad at babies. Uh, it's like, how could you be mad at a baby? Right. Uh, people, when we see little tiny babies, we're like, oh, they're so pure. They're so innocent. And I think the reason people like puppies and pets is because like, oh, they're so innocent. They couldn't do anything wrong. You know, <laughs> right. they're not deserving of wrath. And, and actually, you know what, that, that actually probably you could make a good theological argument for that, that, you know, animals aren't kind of born into the same, um, situation of, of having this, you know, this sin that's kind of this generational thing that's happening here. But that's probably a whole nother topic to talk about. <laughs> um, but for this and where we're at here is, you know, by nature, we're deserving of wrath. And, and this is sad news, except that Paul doesn't leave it there. Um, he wouldn't do that. He moves it into verse four right away and says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. What a good line. Quite a sentence, but a very good line. But, you know, it's easy to trust his words because he goes from saying, you know, we, there's like a lot of us, so it's including himself. There's a lot of we's, so it's including himself. But then also in the big statement, for God's great love for us, including himself, um, He God made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions and is by grace that we were all saved. Uh, he is not saying, I am better, therefore I have the authority to say this. He's saying, yes. this is this is like the reality that all of us were a part of and I'm bringing it to light. And I, I think that he was um, told and like ordained by Christ to go and say these words to these people. Um, but it's a really neat, neat way to read it and say, you know, or, and realize, wow, he, he is speaking from the same experience that we're, that we're coming out of right now. Yeah. Exactly. He's not saying I'm above this. I'm in it. And by the way, I looked at it. uh, Verse one through eight is one sentence. Good grief. (laughs) Yikes. Um, At least I think that's right. Any other, any of you uh, Greek people out there, uh, if you see a, if you see it differently, let it, let me know. But that's just what I'm looking at in front of me right now. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like Paul's in this. He's like, he's not saying like, Hey, I'm better. He he's right in the middle of it. He's caught up in this same scenario. Uh, and that's what he's bragging about. Right. But because of his great love for us and, uh, it's so cool that God has great love. Um, and, and God who, you could say God is rich in power. You could say God is rich in age because God's timeless. You could say God is rich in in friends or God is rich in, in fame. Uh, but here it's saying God who's rich in mercy, which is such a cool phrase, man. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen someone walking down the street and you're like, oh man, that guy's rich. Uh, and if you said that, they'd think, oh, well, that guy has a lot of money. But what right. if it's like, man, that guy's like merciful. <laughs> no one ever says that. <laughs> no one ever uh, says that. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so God who is rich in mercy made us alive. We started out at the beginning of this passage being dead. Uh, and we were dead because of sin. And now we're alive because Christ. Yeah. And we're alive even when we were dead. Right. Now that's like 
kind of blows your mind a little bit, right? I'm dead in my transgressions, but I'm also alive at the same time because of Christ. And so in our faith tradition, what is really cool when we look at this is we, especially us in what's called the Reformed faith, um, and as we look at our Reformed theology, as we look at this, this is a big, big deal that your salvation isn't because you're super cool. It isn't because you read the Bible more. It isn't because you go to church. It isn't because you were baptized. It isn't because you have uh, the right Christian tattoo. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not because you give to charity. It's not because you give to the church. Um, it is simply and only because of God's grace. Yeah. I mean, it's outlined perfectly in verse eight. It's by grace you have been saved. This is not f- from yourselves. It is a gift from God. And a lot of the things that you kind of said in your list, um, you know, it's not because you donate so much. It's not because you have like the great tattoo. It's not because you like volunteer at the church or this, whatever it might be. But all of those things in some way or another are an overflow of God's love mm-hmm. for all of us. And I think that's a point that is often overlooked. People will yes. say, oh, you know what? Well, I, I sponsored a, a child down in El Salvador. Therefore, I'm like, I'm saved. Well, n- not really. It's out of like God's love for you, an overflow of that, that you're helping someone somewhere else. So you're donating your time, that you're volunteering in the middle school ministry. If you want to volunteer, let me know. If, <laughs> if or like you're volunteering as anywhere else, that you're you're tithing. It's out of the overflow of love for God. It's not that you're trying to win it. It's that you are recognizing it and responding to it. That's right. And what's cool about that is that we have this assurance of salvation, right? We know that we're saved because it's by God's grace. It's not by our works, which mm-hmm. is cool. And so then the other side of that is just like you're saying. You know, I, I give money to the church, uh, not so I can be saved. Um, I'm saved and therefore out of joy and out of that overflow and abundance, like you said, I can give money to the church or I can volunteer my time or I can give back, um, out of that joy. What a, what a better way to do it. Right. I mean, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to volunteer, uh, and think that that volunteer work was what was earning me like a, a ticket to heaven, right? Right. You'd be like freaked out the whole time. You're like, oh shoot, I hope I, you know, I hope I'm, you know, working hard enough at the soup kitchen so I get into heaven. Right. Um, that's not what it's about, you know? And the cool thing about that too is the way that that can be received by other people. If you're helping someone out and it's not because, you know, you're doing it to earn something for yourself, but you're doing it out of joy, uh, people are going to receive that joy. Uh, right. They're going to see that in, in you and going to know that, you know, look, there's someone who really has joy and really knows that God cares about them and loves them. I, I want to know what that's about. Like, I want to get that more. I want to, I want to know what they're trying to do. Right. And then it's outlined very clearly, um, kind of why the why to that, uh, is the, it's a gift from God. We, we knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah. not by works and it's so cool. It's so that no one can boast. You can't go and brag. Yeah. There's no ranking system. It's not like who did the most, who did the best, who did this, whatever. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's equal. We are all, you know, just like we were all dead in the beginning. We were all sinners. Now we are all 
like, um, saved by Christ through faith, um, through God's love for us. And, uh, nothing, there's nothing we could have done to win that. It's just by God's grace and it's equal. And so we get into this, you know, you verse 10, right? For, for we are God's handiwork, which is cool. We're God's creation. We're, we're the thing that God put together, created in Christ Jesus to good, to do those good works, which God has actually even prepared those in advance for us to do. So even the good works we do aren't because we've done something great. It's like God's prepared this. This has been set up in advance for us to do. Right. Yeah. It wasn't ever our idea. It was, yeah. it was God's preparation. And that's why Patrick, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. When, when you run across someone, maybe when you're serving or when you're, you're out there um, trying to help other people out and, and you meet someone who really, really, really understands God's grace and they're serving, man, there's like a humility and joy that just permeates the room when people like that are around. Oh yeah, definitely. And I've, I've experienced it a couple times where, you know, it's just like spilling over into the whole, the whole crowd of people. I was serving at the soup kitchen years ago and, and a guy was there and I, I had been serving there, um, gosh, for like 12 years. I'd go down every other month and serve and, and, um, do the soup kitchen stuff, which was always fun and always meaningful. But this one Sunday, there was a guy there and he was just so joyful and he was like working so hard, but he was smiling and laughing the whole time. And, um, we were doing all this really hard work at the beginning to prep. And usually once you do all the hard work to prep and get everything ready, then it's kind of like the fun part happens where people walk in the door and you get to smile and say hi to people. And that's kind of like, you know, at least for me, that was the part that brought me joy. But this guy was getting joy just in the fact that he was able to, you know, do the menial tasks at the beginning. And so as soon as it was about to, to happen, he just smiled and he left. He's like, no, I don't need to do, you know, he, he was like totally happy just to do all the hard work and then leave when the good part happened. Um, and he shared with us right before he left, he said, you know, I'm, I'm actually homeless right now. I'm living in my car, but God mm. has something for me. And mm. I know that God has something for me and I know that I'm forgiven and I know that I, I need to give back. Yeah. And that guy, man, he, he, his joy in serving and in doing good works um, I still remember it to this day, and that was probably 12 years ago. What a great story to end on. Thank you for checking yeah. out our Devo. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out and contact us. All of the contact info is in the description and on our website. And we look forward to you hearing us again soon. I don't like how that came out. Yeah, and uh, just just a little maybe encouragement for you guys too. If if you're sitting around and and you know wondering, man, how do I kill 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes? Hey, read the book of Ephesians. You've just read through 10 chapters, uh, two sentences in the Greek, I think, if I look at that correctly. Um, <laughs> actually, three sentences. I saw another one in there. Uh, feel free to uh, to read that whole thing. It's a great letter, very applicable to our time. So check out the book of Ephesians and we're looking forward to seeing you again or uh, hearing us again on another Devo with Pat and Jamie.